Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 176. Today's episode is all about how to be successful as a highly sensitive entrepreneur. A lot of highly sensitives feel called to be in business simply because our nervous system is wired to really have us be of service. We are very natural coaches. We are natural consultants. We are natural therapists. We are natural fill in any service-based business. Then there comes the way to actually, again, approach marketing, selling, and operating. Most programs out there that teach those business aspects are designed for what I like to refer to as the other 80%, the non-highly sensitives. But the minute you begin to go about business differently and in a way that's more aligned with how your nervous system is wired, then business is not so challenging and a door opens where there's a real path to fulfillment. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hello, love. First off, if you have not subscribed yet, please hit that little button. Subscribing, sharing, and five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts is a really great way to give back if you find Mind Love helpful. It helps the show grow, which helps me bring you even better guests. Today, I want to read a review from Kristen and Oscar. They say, Melissa brings her heart, passion, and curiosity for knowledge to this podcast centered around mindful living. I recently started listening and am loving taking a deeper dive into our content. This is a worthwhile investment of your time. Thank you both, Kristen and Oscar, for this amazing review. It totally lit up my day. Are you highly sensitive? To be clear, I am not talking about this in terms of a weakness. I'm highly sensitive, actually, and it's becoming one of my favorite gifts now that I understand how to manage it. If you've been listening to Mind Love for a while, you've probably heard the term empath come up. And the empaths and highly sensitive people are really similar, but there are some key differences. So what are the differences between empaths and highly sensitive people? First of all, the term highly sensitive people, or HSPs, was coined by Dr. Elaine Aaron. While empaths share all the traits of HSPs, which might include stuff like low threshold for stimulation, the need for a lot of alone time, sensitivity to light, sound, and smell, and maybe an aversion to large groups. Both empaths and HSPs also tend to love nature and quiet environments, and they also love helping others. But the difference is that empaths take the experience of highly sensitive people to a whole nother level. They can sense subtle energy, and they actually absorb it from other people into their bodies. So the way we hold our energy or relate to it in our environments is a spectrum, like everything really. So if you've heard about empaths and you feel like you kind of relate, but not to everything, you might be a highly sensitive person. 
We go deep into being an empath in episode 102 and also in episode 115. So definitely tune back to those if that's calling to you, because I know that those were really helpful to so many of you. But whether you're highly sensitive or an empath or both, before you learn to manage the gifts, your sensitivities might feel like a weakness. I know it did for me. In my personal life, I felt moody. My emotions just felt too big, and sometimes they didn't really seem to have a pattern. But the real struggles came when I started diving into the idea of launching my own business. I've always felt like I was meant to do big things. But the problem was, sometimes my motivation felt fleeting. I'd have weeks of feeling like a powerhouse, and then I'd just shut down. I started to feel like maybe I didn't have what it takes to be successful, like I had no mental endurance or something. I'd also go in stages of being a total hermit, so I'd put myself out there and then draw back. I think conferences are a really good example. I would check into my hotel room, and then I'd go out and network and feel like I totally slayed, but then on day two, I'd feel a sense of dread in leaving my hotel room. Or I'd be networking, have a great conversation, and then all of a sudden not want to talk to anyone. And I am not a shy person. Something about it would just feel heavy, like I was in a little bubble with all these people around hoping that no one could see me. I felt like something was wrong with me. There's already so much energy that goes into being an entrepreneur, and my energy seemed to be all over the place. So how was I supposed to find my groove with business when it was already a struggle to find it with life in general? But what I've learned is that I'm just highly sensitive and an empath, and there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just wired differently, and I needed to learn how to work with that wiring. And now I see it as an extension of my senses, which actually gives me an edge in business, especially when it comes to serving people. So today we're going to talk about how to be highly successful as a highly sensitive entrepreneur, or HSE. Our guest is Heather Dominic. She is the expert on highly sensitive entrepreneurs. She's appeared on Lifetime. She's been published in numerous books, including Stepping Stones to Success alongside Deepak Chopra. And three key things we will learn today are how to turn obstacles into advantages as a highly sensitive entrepreneur, the biggest ways HSEs get in their own way, and the best energy management techniques for HSEs to thrive. Also, for all the premium members out there, I have a worksheet in your membership nook that goes along with this episode. So just head to the worksheet section in your membership nook. And if you're not yet a member and you want to get in on that, go to mindlove.com premium. And last thing before we dive into the interview, I want to invite you to wake up to the morning mind love. You'll get a short note every weekday to just get a little inspiration to set the tone for your day and give you something positive to focus on. Think of it like a short note from your higher self. Plus, when you sign up, you get two free gifts, a 30-minute binaural meditation and 30 days of self-reflective journaling prompts to help you grow. And it's all completely free. So join over 9,000 people and go to mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. And now let's welcome Heather Dominic to the show. Thank you so much, Melissa. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. So what's your story? How did you first realize that you are highly sensitive? Yes. Well, it was quite a journey, to be honest. Um, It was a 
about 10 years ago now. And at that point, I had been self-employed for about seven years. And I, mean, I was completely you know, new to the business world. Um, I was really completely self-taught. I came from being a high school drama teacher into the world of coaching. And I just dove right into receiving training and coaching programs. And at about, again, year seven, um, I brought my business across the seven-figure mark for the first time. And I would love to say it was like this amazing experience, but it was not. Um, I really found myself like just totally overwhelmed, completely overexhausted, overworked, and really just facing a total dark night of the soul and really went into a space of deep, deep inquiry and was really just questioning, you know, is, is this the path I'm meant to be on? And if I don't do this, then what am I meant to do? And through that space and time, I was connected with Dr. Aaron, the one of the primary researchers in the highly sensitive person field and author of the book by the same name. And with my connection with her, I just very clearly discovered I was highly sensitive. And when I learned that I was highly sensitive, first of all, at that time, so it was around 2010, I had never really heard the term before. It was definitely not as common as it is now, more common. I didn't know what it meant, but when I learned what it meant, I was like, oh, right. That is totally me. And this totally makes sense of why I am having such difficulty with everything. And that really began the process of completely re-engineering the way that I was approaching everything in my business, everything in my life. And, you know, that was really when my work in regards to training highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders to really be able to excel by doing things differently was really born. It just began there and it's just grown ever since. Yeah. So. I have talked a lot about being an empath and that's so similar to highly sensitive. Are they different at all or is empath and highly sensitive people, are they pretty much the same? The way that I describe the difference is to think about like an, an energetic spectrum, right? So where you have varying degrees of similar qualities and an empath is definitely like further on the spectrum than a highly sensitive person. And really all that means is that where a highly sensitive person is really taking in stimulation to a much higher degree than someone who's not highly sensitive, who is also on the energetic spectrum, of course, right? Like we're all um, energy beings. So where a highly sensitive is experiencing an intake of stimulation, at, again, a higher degree than someone who's not highly sensitive, an empath is taking in stimulation at an even higher degree than someone who's highly sensitive. For me, when I started to realize that I am an empath. It felt just really freeing, I suppose, because there has been so many things that I had felt that I just thought I was a little bit crazy, you know, but we get these messages that, you know, you're too sensitive and 
uh, stop being so sensitive. And when I understood what it was, I started to kind of understand that it could be a downfall if I allowed it to. But once I realized how to manage it, it just started to become more of an advantage or a superpower. So what are some of the biggest obstacles of highly sensitive entrepreneurs specifically? There's already so many struggles that entrepreneurs face. How does being highly sensitive relate to that in a way that might present more obstacles that we should learn to manage? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you said a key phrase, which is how to manage it, right? So it's definitely freeing in regards to that that first moment when you realize there isn't anything wrong with you. That was definitely my experience. And it's the experience that I see over and over and over again with, you know, the thousands of highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders uh, that I I've mentored and continue to mentor. There's that initial, oh my gosh, it's not just me. <laughs> and oh my gosh, there's nothing wrong with me. That's kind of like the first initial, let's say, honeymoon phase, right? And then comes the intellectual understanding. You start to learn more about what it means to be highly sensitive or what it means to be an empath. And all of the dots are connecting, right? There's a real clicking. There's an understanding. There's um, a sense of, you know, resonance of really, again, not feeling like it's just you or that there's something wrong with you. But then the, the third phase is really the key phase. And that's the phase that I see that most struggle with, which is how to shift that understanding of what it is to be highly sensitive or an empath into what I refer to as a deep knowing, where you're in a space where you just really confidently and peacefully embody what it means to be highly sensitive in an empath path and you no longer feel like you have to try to change who you are in order to fit in. And that absolutely applies to business. So as you said, there's already so many challenges when it comes to being an entrepreneur. It can be very isolating. It can really be, you know, uh, absolutely uh, challenging in regards to time management. Uh, it really pushes you to the edge of vulnerability in regards to marketing and selling and really requires a high level of organization when it comes to operating a business. What I have found is really the key for those of us who are highly sensitive is that it's imperative that we take a different approach to those key aspects of marketing, selling, operations, very differently than someone who's not highly sensitive. So I often find, and this was definitely my experience as well, as first and foremost, a lot of highly sensitives feel called to be in business simply because our nervous system is wired to really have us be of service. Or as Dr. Elaine Aaron refers to it, that we are the royal advisors of global society. We are very natural coaches. We are natural consultants. We are natural therapists. We are natural teachers. We are natural fill in any service-based business. Then there comes the way to actually, again, approach marketing, selling, and operating. Most programs out there that teach those business aspects 
are designed for what I like to refer to as the other 80%, the non-highly sensitives, because there's 20% of us in the world who are highly sensitive. But the minute you begin to go about business differently and in a way that's more aligned with how your nervous system is wired, then business is not so challenging and a door opens where there's a real path to fulfillment. There's a real sense of living your purpose and why you've been brought here while also being rewarded, right? And not just in income, of course, generated through being an entrepreneur, but rewarded and just like, oh my gosh, like I get to like be in the day to day and set up my schedule and the way that I go about my tasks in a way that feels very nourishing to me uh, rather than depleting. So that being willing to do it differently is the, the golden, golden key for sure. What are some of the examples in marketing or sales that tend to most drain HSPs when they're going about it in the more traditional way? We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says. <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small. And when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MindLove. What are some of the examples in marketing or sales that tend to most drain HSPs when they're going about it in the more traditional way? 
Yes. So with marketing, the more traditional way is really tends to be about casting a wide net, right? Casting a wide net, being very visible in, in a, a big, broad way, whether that be with social media, you know, or speaking, whether that be, you know, virtual or you know, in the day when we're back in person or email marketing. And that doesn't necessarily work for an HSP. For some, maybe aspects of it do, but for others, not so much. But what really tends to lock an HSE, highly sensitive entrepreneur, down is when they're in some type type of business training program that's saying, this is the formula. You have to have social media and you have to do it this way, or you have to do, you know, internet marketing and you have to do it this way. Where meanwhile, you know, with so many of the HSEs that I mentor and are coached by my team is it's really about unlocking what are the individual strengths within our highly sensitive strengths and then how to be able to use those strengths um, in a way that works in the business. So it might be about, say, approaching networking differently, or it might be about using social media differently or internet marketing or what have you. It's not necessarily about the tool being used or not used, but again, the way that you're using it. One of the things that I will say that tends to really be across the board for those of us who are highly sensitive is that we're very, very good at intimate connections. When we're making intimate connections, that really allows us to tap into some of the key top 12 HSE strengths that I've identified, such as our ability to be deep listeners and deep thinkers and deep feelers. And when we're able to be in that space with another individual, it can really provide uh, the platform to have like a really engaging conversation about, you know, what the other person needs, what a prospect needs, and how it is that you're able to serve and support them. And that tends to, to really be a key piece for so many HSEs once they learn how to be able to set Set up those types of more intimate interactions, then you know there's there's real success when it comes to enrollment percentages and income increase. So we've talked a little bit about how the traditional ways of marketing or sales or building a business in general might not really be aligned with a highly sensitive entrepreneur. But I've noticed even in with, with really everybody in building a business, a lot of the things that get in our way happen to be ourselves. What are some of the ways that highly sensitive entrepreneurs might accidentally get in their own way or basically create self-imposed limitations? Yeah, it's such a great question. So first of all, you know, most of us as highly sensitives have been living most of our life with what I like to refer to as an untrained nervous system, right? Because we're 20% of the population and because the primary research around highly sensitive 
persons didn't really start until like the 1990s. Very rarely, if ever, do I meet a highly sensitive who's like, oh my gosh, yes, I went to a highly sensitive elementary school and then I went to a highly sensitive high school and I went to a highly sensitive college and my parents totally understood me as a highly sensitive. Very rarely does that happen. Usually it is the exact opposite. We have somehow, you know, like unknowingly figured out unconsciously or sometimes consciously that we're different than those around us. We've immediately equated that difference as negative, that there's something wrong with us. And then we have adapted what I refer to as coping mechanisms, three primary HSE coping mechanisms. We're either pushers, we're hiders, or we're combo platterers. And for most of us, this is what has gotten us through the majority of our life. Then, of course, as you enter into being self-employed or an entrepreneur or, you know, a leader in any aspect, you bring your whole self with you. And in order to create success as an entrepreneur, you need to be willing to shift the patterns that you've set up to cope your way through as a highly sensitive you need to shift those patterns from coping into a space where you're able to be more in your highly sensitive strengths and creating. So that shadow behavior and those coping mechanisms, those are the primary internal way that gets in the way for creating outward entrepreneurial success. So what is the pathway out of these coping mechanisms so that we can find success as a highly sensitive entrepreneur? What do we need to learn? So right off the bat, how to begin to retrain your nervous system and as part of that, manage your energy. And what that does is it sets you up to no longer feel like you are beholden to react to the stimulation that comes in, but instead you're able to be proactive. So you're able to set your nervous system up to be working on your behalf or more like in that super power category that you mentioned earlier and learn then to how to make that retraining and that energy management an ongoing core practice. So it's not something that like you just get over <laughs> one and done, right? If you're highly sensitive, you're highly sensitive for the rest of your life. So it becomes a new way of approaching everything. And that includes every aspect of continued business growth and evolution. I want to go back to some of those coping mechanisms that we talked about, the three coping mechanisms. Can you break those down a little bit to tell us what they really mean and, and what they might look like in our lives? Yes, absolutely. So again, the three coping mechanisms that I've identified for highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders are that you either are a pusher, you're a hider, or you're a combo platter. So if you tend towards the pushing coping mechanism, then you will get done what an 80 percenter, someone who's not highly sensitive will get done. 
you can absolutely go head to head, toe to toe when it comes to being productive, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to generating sales, and it will come at a high cost for you because you are operating with your nervous system in overdrive in order to get those things done. And the high cost tends to come in the form of, you know, typically health issues and or relationship issues. And there tends to come a point where literally it's like the nervous system can't operate any longer at that overdrive. And there's a massive crash. And obviously, or hopefully from the way I'm describing, that is really unhelpful. Um, and it really at, in the long run works against you in regards to what it is that you're wanting to create for yourself in your business and in your life. So that's the pushing mechanism. I also like to say the pusher will do it, anything that's needed to get done to check off everything that's on the to-do list. But again, at a high cost. The hider, the hider has developed a coping mechanism of, which is connected to the highly sensitive shadow of overprotection. So typically the way that that shows up when it comes to being self-employed and entrepreneur in business is you probably have like really, really excellent programs created. You probably have one of the like most gorgeous websites. You probably have like really, really stellar marketing materials, maybe even like a beautiful, you know, Instagram account. But at the end of the day, when it comes to actually taking more of those nitty gritty actions to actually generate sales, that's not happening. So you're using the creation and the production of all of the outer image aspects to hide from actually having to extend yourself and put yourself in any kind of position that could potentially overwhelm your nervous system. I also like to say that the hider definitely relates to the archetype of martyr. So you are the person who you will start your business day with the best intentions, but then you are the person who is, you know, feeding the neighbor's dog, folding the laundry, making sure that the kids get to school, um, are fed a three course meal and everyone else is taken care of. And then at the end of the day, when you've been really, really busy, but what do you have to actually show for it in regards to sales? It can feel very confusing because there's a sense of like, I'm doing all of this. I'm taking all these actions. Why am I not experiencing the financial success that others are experiencing? Or you fall into the coping mechanism category of combo platter. And that's where you tend to vacillate back and forth between the two, pushing and hiding and pushing and hiding and pushing and hiding, you know, gas break, gas break, gas break. And there's really like a total sense of just like so much energy being expended without going anywhere. And I like to say that the combo platter is the highly sensitive definition of insanity. So, you know, whether you tend towards pushing, hiding or combo plattering, I also really like to emphasize that one is not better than the other. 
And I always say that because the pushers always want to be the hiders and the hiders always want to be the pushers. And the combo platterers are like, just get me the hell out of all of this. (laughs) Um, But none of them really actually get us what we want, right? And none of them are, again, working with our nervous system in a way that's trained and focused or helpful or productive. I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to Indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I relate to all of those. You're just speaking about them. And I, and I have found ways to manage things. I'm not perfect at it, but I will recognize now, which is a big step compared to the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, where it was really difficult because I didn't understand what was happening. And so the blame just all went to myself. And my thoughts went around like, well, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Or why can that person seem to keep pushing all the time? Like maybe there is something different in our brains where they're meant to be successful and I am not. And I think that ended up being the most difficult part was that I, before I knew better, I was creating beliefs around what was possible for me because I thought there was something wrong with me basically. Oh yeah, absolutely. Spot on. And that's why one of the, you know, key energy management tools that I teach right from the beginning, you know, again, of every leadership track uh, within the training program is belief transformation, like how to engage in belief transformation consistently to really, really 
be shifting those internal programs that have been developed over years of really just comparing ourselves to the other 80%, right? And in that comparison, coming up short, only because we haven't had a different reference. But that sense of, gosh, there's something wrong with me is, you know, literally like the common thread that runs between every HSE that I've ever, you know, had the, you know, the honor of of mentoring and myself included. And that's what triggers us into those coping mechanisms is that belief and the thought patterns that generate that belief. So we will push ourselves to match up or we'll hide ourselves in the fear of being called out, right? Or again, you know, get caught and vacillating between the to. And none of it gets us, again, what we want. So when we're talking about overworking our nervous system, for people that might not be as in tune with what that might mean, what are ways that that manifests? Is it just that we burn out with our careers or does it can it manifest in other ways for different people? I would say it definitely manifests in, you know, multiple ways, right? So, you know, first of all, let's you know, as as simply as possible, let's kind of break it down to the science. So your nervous system, right, is is literally, uh, let's say the core of the way that you function and you operate physically in the world. So you are processing information, it's traveling through the nervous system, it's traveling up into the brain, it's you know either like hitting into the amygdala, which is like creative solutions, or you're experiencing your limbic being hijacked, um, which is again, part of what will trigger you into the shadows and into the coping mechanism. So it's always operating. It's literally how you physically engage in the world. And you can think about it maybe like walking around like an antenna, right? And your antenna is like tuned in to like multiple frequencies. (laughs) Um, That's going to affect everything. It's going to affect your personal relationships and it's going to affect your professional relationships. It's going to affect day-to-day encounters. Um, I will definitely say like once learning that I was highly sensitive completely changed my marriage. So not only did it save my business and put me in a place where I just feel so grateful to be able to be living and breathing my purpose every day, but I'm also able to have a much more harmonious marriage because I learned of like, oh, like the way that I, you know, process something is very different than the way that my husband processes something different as processes something. And now that we understand that difference, then the next step is that we bring language to it. That's why I refer to the highly sensitive leadership training programs as a retraining. You need to retrain yourself and literally the way you show up in all aspects of your life. And it might sound or feel daunting, but oh my gosh, once you start it and and very soon into the process, everything begins to change and you no longer have to feel like you're a victim to the world right? That you just have to protect yourself from the onslaught of energy. And that's really where the work that I do is, you know, at a different level than say, just 
learning how to cope with being highly sensitive. Because if you're interested in being an entrepreneur or a leader in any aspect um, of your work and life, again, you need to just be able to go beyond how to get through each day. Does that help? Yeah, it does. And that's the trajectory I've kind of gone on with my own learnings about myself is that in the beginning of even learning about being an empath or being highly sensitive, I really was just all about like, okay, I need to cut out the negativity. And so it was like I was constantly clearing my environment. But it reminds me of how I feel about trigger warnings. <laughs> They're just it's not realistic to always expect to be able to mold your environment to make you comfortable. And so eventually, I got to a point where I'm like, okay, well, I might have needed that in the beginning of this journey. But now I'm ready to learn to stand in my power no matter what's around. I want to be able to feel expansive rather than limited because of how I'm made up. So when we are thinking about kind of guarding our energy or learning to stand in that power, you talked about earlier how some of the ways that don't necessarily mesh with a highly sensitive entrepreneur are, you know, casting a broad net and being super visible. But I know you've also spoken about the power of visibility and vulnerability. So how are we going about that visibility in a slightly different way that would work better with our energy patterns? Yes, yes. Great question. Well, you know, first of all, I really appreciate that, like you speaking to the trigger aspect, because that that really is such a, a key point in shifting the way that you approach being highly sensitive in the world is, you know, I find that when highly sensitives are on this journey of leadership training, uh, there, there comes a, a real pivotal point where you do go from feeling like I have to protect myself from being triggered to suddenly having a shift in perception where it's like triggers are an opportunity. And that is really, really key. Like triggers are an opportunity for me to learn more about who I am, how I have reacted in the past, and how I want to choose to respond going forward. So I highlight that first because it directly connects to uh, my teaching on V and V energy, which I totally appreciate you doing your research and knowing that before this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So V and V energy stands for visibility and vulnerability. And what that means is a willingness to be seen for who you truly are. So that definition is so key. I'll say it again. The willingness to be seen for who you truly are. So that doesn't automatically mean the willingness to be seen for who you truly are. And it has to be to thousands and thousands of people. It could literally be with just one person back to those intimate connections that we're really good at making as highly sensitives. So it's not about just the showing up, which I think we can probably all agree that there's a, you know, a significant percentage of posturing that happens on social media, right? We've all read the articles. We all know the statistics, right? We all know the showing of the quote unquote social media life. 
from a very, very different place. VMV energy is first and foremost that process of learning who you are as a highly sensitive then really owning and claiming who you are as a highly sensitive, the standing in the power piece that you spoke about, Melissa, and then being willing to show up from that space in whatever interactions you have. And in all honesty, I personally, my opinion is not only for those of us who are highly sensitive, but for most people, that description that I just gave is actually scarier than the posturing to large numbers on social media. But it's also more significantly rewarding because again, as highly sensitives, when we've learned to manage our nervous system, when we feel, when we no longer feel like we're a victim to energy coming at us, we get a real deep sense of satisfaction of being able to be with other people, to have deep connections and conversations and to be of service to be able to really truly share the gifts that we're so naturally coded for. We make excellent coaches and therapists and consultants and you know you name it in regards to service-based entrepreneurs. You know, we have real estate brokers and dentists and doctors and naturopaths and creatives and actors and singers are all part of the community. But to be able to, again, show up and really have a deep sense of I don't have to hide who I am in order to try to fit in or to be liked or even to be loved. And that's the real experience of V&V energy. One thing I found difficult when I was first actually trying to do all of this stuff is when everyone would tell me, oh, just be authentic or be who you are, it took me a long time to figure out who I was versus who I was programmed to be. I had all these ideas of of who I was based on what I was striving for outwardly. But really, in the past probably six years overall, is when I've been doing that deep kind of spiritual work to connect with this part of myself that I had been kind of ignoring for years. And I found that another layer of that unlocked when I started to create a business because it's almost like exposing yourself to different parts of this life kind of unlock different parts of your being, I suppose. So how do you know if you're being truly you in a business sense, especially if this is a part of you that you may have never explored before? How do you make sure that you're doing it in an authentic way without just following in the footsteps of what everyone else is doing? Yeah, I love all of this so much because it just taps into what I'm like so, so deeply passionate about. So, you know, first of all, I always like to say that if you are interested in a fast track to personal growth, start a business because all of your SHIT will absolutely come up and it will be right in your face, which again, when you learn to see triggers as an opportunity, it is a big golden opportunity for like that deep, true personal spiritual growth that you're describing. And along those lines then is, you know, also a teaching that I share in our programs is the social self versus the essential self. And 
I think that's something that most people can relate with in terms of, you know, what we've learned unconsciously or more consciously along the way of growing up, specifically from our family of origin of what we have to do in order to be, again, accepted, liked, loved. For highly sensitives, I have learned that has taken place at a much higher degree than most who are not highly sensitive. Again, because we've been misunderstood, right? So we learned early on to deny who we truly are, our essential self in name of the social self. So then comes the, you know, be authentic teaching, which I agree with you is, you know, especially in the last 10 years is, you know, any kind of program that you see or hear of, it's be authentic, be authentic. And that's one of those things that's easier said than done, especially as a highly sensitive. So another key aspect of the teachings that I share is the process of self-inquiry. And that shows up in all different types of tools uh, in my programs. But that self-inquiry, which it sounds like you've been on, you know, a journey for yourself, Melissa, which is so fantastic, really makes all the difference. It's a process to begin to peel away the layers of the social self and to really begin to not only tap into the essential self, but to first experience a sense that it's actually not only safe to begin to experience this essential self, but it's sacred and it is truly the door to your success as a highly sensitive and especially as a highly sensitive entrepreneur and leader. So how can you tell? Well, first and foremost, again, we are deep thinkers, we are deep feelers, and we are deep listeners. So in those moments of stillness and quiet, when you are able to access what I refer to as the whispers, you will know if this is this being whatever, you know, endeavor that you're engaging in is is actually true to you, or if it has more of that familiar feeling of the social self. That's first and foremost. But honestly, from there, any program that's just giving you a formula to follow is going to play to your social self and not your essential self. So that is why in the highly sensitive leadership training programs, we, yes, provide a curriculum and yes, we provide coaching and mentoring. But what really is at the core of it is this training of the nervous system, energy management and self-inquiry. And so for myself as a mentor and for us as a team, we're always engaging with every member and supporting in that process of inquiry, not just so that you can better understand who you truly are, but so that we can also better understand who you truly are. And then therefore we can adjust, adapt any of the tools or teachings or trainings to just be more of a match for your essential self. So it's a process that we engage in and are deeply, deeply committed to. So again, you know, when you're in a space of stillness 
It might be really, really hard to hear when you first begin the process, but as you stay committed to it, those whispers will become louder and louder. And again, if you're simply following a formula, then most likely it is playing to your social self and not your essential self. Well, I love to leave listeners with some sort of action item for those that are relating to being a highly sensitive entrepreneur and a lot of the fallbacks and advantages that we're hearing about. And so I'm curious, would you be open to leaving the listeners with one of the practices that might help to regulate or calm their their nervous system a little bit? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. You want me to dive right in? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So one of the tools um, that I've developed and have been using for years, so literally almost coming up on 20 years of uh, my own self-employed journey, is the tool that I refer to as the order form to the universe. And you can replace the word universe for any word that may work for you, God, spirit, Buddha, goddess, Allah, whatever language truly speaks to that sense of greater uh, life force and potentiality. So the order form to the universe, it has various parts to it, but the first part is really the core piece. And especially if I'm in a pickle or in a tight time crunch, I do just the core piece of the order form to the universe. So that's what I'll share with with all of you right now. So the the core to the order form to the universe is five key questions. And the questions on their own will sound very simple. But when used in the order that I'm going to share them, the entire process joins together to be quite profound. Particularly the order form to the universe is most impactful when it comes to experiencing a sense of confusion, doubt, or uncertainty, which can happen a lot for us as highly sensitives, especially again, when our nervous system has not yet been trained. It can be very uh, confusing to kind of be able to sift through the energy and actually be able to plug into that strength space of intuition. And the order form, or as we lovingly refer to it in the Business Miracles community, the OFTU. And those five questions are, and again, the order is very important. The first question is, what don't I want? The second question is, what don't I want to feel? The third question is, what do I want? And the fourth question is, what do I want to feel? And the fifth question is, what do I want others to feel? So those are the five core questions. And let me just share a little bit about the significance of the questions and, again, the extreme importance of the order. So first and foremost, the first four questions support you in being able to untangle and tease apart the difference between what you don't want and what you do want, which again, to both the untrained nervous system and the untrained mind, our first inclination is, well, they're one and the same. 
Like it's just what I don't want. And on the other side, that's what I do want. However, when you engage in this process, you start to really be able to clearly identify some significant differences and even more importantly, some significant nuances. From there, we take the detangling one step further and we're able to separate out the difference between what I don't want and what I don't want to feel. And that is really, really key, especially when we haven't really learned how to manage our nervous system. Those tend to become intertwined when they are actually very different experiences, uh, both with the nervous system and within our minds and just our overall selves. And then same for do want and do want to feel. And then that fifth question is really key is to detangle ourselves from other people. So I often get questions about that last question, which is like, oh my gosh, is this like, you know, witchery or voodoo, or I'm like trying to control what somebody else is doing. (laughs) And it's not any of those things. What it is, is again, it's separating you from others because just because you can feel someone's energy doesn't mean that you are responsible for it. And it also begins to help you to see a more healthy connection between actions that you want to take and what you're believing those will or will not create in terms of an experience for others. So this is, again, it's a real detangling process of neural pathways that have most likely been firing for years. And then if you want to add a bonus on to those five questions after you've gone through them is to write down what is my next inspired action. Because most likely after going through those five questions, you will begin to experience a shift in perception, you'll experience a miracle, you'll start to see things differently, and then you'll open yourself up to, again, inspired ideas that you didn't have access to before when you were, you know, really stuck and mired in the HSE shadows or coping and, you know, ultimately a sense of confusion. So again, there's, you know, additional aspects to this tool, but this is the core piece. And I've put together OFTUs on toilet paper in restaurant bathrooms. <laughs> um, I've written them out, you know, like super, super quickly been really in depth with them and, you know, used like a good 30 minutes. It's very accordion and it can uh, be available to serve and support you in all kinds of ways and all kinds of situations. Again, it sounds simple to go through the process is profound. Caveat, don't think it in your head. That's not going to do it. Um, The kinesthetic aspect of putting pen to paper is also a real key piece of this process. We think we can just go through it mentally and not that that won't help you or serve you or support you. It'll definitely be better than not doing anything at all. But if we really want to calm the nervous system and to create that shift in perception as a result of calming the nervous system, give yourself the gift of pen to paper, even if it has to be toilet paper. (laughs) Wow, I can definitely see how that is profound. And I also can attest to the fact that for years, I tried to do all these little activities that were in the 
backs of chapters of books and everything in my head. And it not only got me nowhere, I think it set me back because I would just have more things that were swirling around in my mind instead of actually taking action, which was building a bigger self-belief that I'm not the type of person to take action. So even if the first step for you budding entrepreneurs is this worksheet or these questions is I think it's a really, really powerful first step. So thank you so much for all of the tips and tricks that you've shared with us today. I know I relate to it so much and a lot of this is going to be really helpful for me. So for listeners that are interested in learning more about you and your programs, where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Yeah, definitely. Well, I would say first and foremost, you know, if you've been listening and this has really been resonating with you, you know, I would invite you to go to www.claritycall.com and there you'll just, you know, find a form that you can fill out that will help you, first of all, just get a greater sense of where you are in your own process. And then we'll also be a first step to be able to connect with myself or a member of the coach team where we can talk to you, uh, have a more in-depth one-on-one conversation, hear about what's happening for you, you know, seeing if the leadership training that we provide makes sense for you or not. So again, that's claritycall.com. And, you know, you'll also find more information there about myself and all of the, the work that we do, uh, in the Business Miracles community and the highly sensitive leadership training programs. All of the links from this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 176. So your challenge for this week is pretty simple. Figure out if you're highly sensitive or not. (laughs) This is really good information to have when you're trying to figure out how to structure your day, your business, how you interact with people. I swear, when I found out that I was an empath, it's like my world cracked open. I didn't even realize how many parts of myself or my personality that I sort of was looking at as inherent flaws until I realized that there was a name for it. Now, I am a little hesitant to name too many things. I think that naming our issues or what we're going through can be really helpful in finding a way out of those things or finding a different way to look at it or finding groups of people who have found interesting ways to solve it. But I also think to remain the most expansive human possible or the most expansive soul possible, I also have to be willing to let go of those things. So if you don't like labeling yourself, you don't really have to, but there's wisdom to be learned from every group of people, whether they adhere to that group or not. So for me, finding out that I'm an empath usually means that you're also highly sensitive, but you can also be highly sensitive and not necessarily an empath who's absorbing energy from other people. It might just speak to the way you work or the way you interact with people. So figure out if you're highly sensitive and then decide what that means for you. Where are these things holding you back currently? What tools might be helpful for you to move forward as your highest self, whether that's spiritually, successfully, or just as a person, friend, mother, whatever. And let me know on Instagram if you found out anything about yourself from this episode. Reach out to me at mindlovemelissa. 
a few things to leave you with. If you have not yet signed up for the Morning Mind Love, go to mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. It's such a great way to start your day. I read my own Morning Mind Loves and I swear it's like they're speaking right to me. Maybe they are, but I get the same feedback from a lot of other people who love waking up to the Morning Mind Love, so I'd love to see you there. Also, you can sign up for Mind Love Premium at mindlove.com slash premium, where you get extra episodes, monthly meditations, and other bonuses. And finally, if you love this episode, please share it with a friend or take a screenshot and post it on Instagram and tag Mind Love Melissa. And as always, thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into Your Higher Frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 